hope. We hear that word and we think of positivity or wishful thinking. But hope is something different. It's greater, it's better, and it's more. Hope is choosing to wait for God to bring His goodness into our lives. It's remembering His faithfulness in our past and trusting His plans for our future. Hope rises when we encounter the light that shatters the darkness and when the long-awaited Messiah makes His home with us. It's an invitation for every person, and it's here now because Jesus is here now. This is hope. Welcome to Christmas. Our Jesus is hope. Good morning, church. Is everybody awake or are you guys staying too warm that you guys don't even want to talk right now? You guys are just, you know, it's, it's, it's cold sincerely this morning. So welcome to North, North, Grace Norwalk. Um, we're, we're so glad you made it over here. Uh, you're not, um, you know, you're not afraid of the rain, so I'm glad of that. Um, and uh, thank you. If you're here for the first time with us, we thank you for that. Uh, remember that we are here to help, G- uh, to help people find and follow Jesus, and we are a church in transition. So Tim was giving some announcements, and in some of those announcements, it's good that, that we understand that some of the stuff that we're trying out, we're trying out some of the stuff to be able to, uh, you know, be more welcoming to the community. And one of the things that's, that, that are going to happen... Um, it's that uh, we are going to be checking in kids starting next week, as he said. So try to come, uh, for, for parents with kids, try to come about 15 minutes earlier than normal, than 10 o'clock, 15 minutes before 10, so you can check in your kids, so you can help some of our teachers and our kids' director to understand, hey, hey this is the best way to do it, this is how we're going to do it. And um, also, some stuff is changing on about our schedule, so... Some stuff is going to change on Sundays. We're going to go back to the original time. The original time was 10.45 on Sundays, starting Christmas days. We are, Christmas Day, we're going to start at 10.45. And from there on, we're going to be meeting on Sundays at 10.45. Come at 10. As a matter of fact, come at 9, 9 a.m. Because at 9 a.m., we're going to have Sunday school classes. And we are going to have a full hour of Sunday school classes. One of the things that we desire to do by doing that is so that you can get plugged in into a Sunday school class and you will be able to grow and have more time in the Word so that the teachers, the Sunday school teachers, Vet and some of the other guys, will be able to teach you something more solid, solid from the Word. And we will be able to uh, share with you a little longer and explain a little better things that we need to explain from God's Word. So, some of the changes are going to be for the best. We are also changing Wednesday to Fridays. Everybody who comes on Wednesdays start making plans for Fridays. And the reason I'm saying that is, I already mentioned that twice, and it seems like it didn't register in some people, like, okay, what are we talking about here? So, we are changing the Bible studies, and everything that goes on on Wednesday is going to go on on Friday. And some people might be like, you know, what are we doing, Pastor? Well, we're doing that for your own benefit and for the benefit of the community, to be able to welcome the community here 
So that way people, when they come, we, 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 we're trying to grow our kids' ministry. We're trying to grow our youth ministry. So by doing it on Fridays, parents can come without having to worry that the next day their kids are going to go to school. And so we're trying that out, and we're trying to um, reach out to our community. A, a lot of us might have to move some stuff around our schedule, and that's okay. But the more important thing, the, mo- the most important part of this is that we are able to reach out to the community, and the community will feel welcome here uh, with us at Grace Norwalk. So last week, if you guys have any questions, please approach any of the elders, and we'll be able to... Uh, give you more information. And if you're here for the first time, thank you for being here with us. It's a rainy day, but you are here with us. That is a blessing. Um, Last week, we began a series titled Christmas, A Time Off. And we're just going to go a time of uh, hope, a time of peace, a time of... We are going to explain what Christmas is, and we're taking the whole month to do that, just because we want to make sure that we all understand exactly what Christmas is a time of. In the world, people have made Christmas something different than what it really is. In other words, we celebrate Christmas, but we celebrate other stuff other than the the birth of Christ. People get anxious. People get busy. But a lot of times we get anxious. We get busy. We get to do a lot of stuff about celebrating Christmas, but Christmas is the least thing we celebrate. And so, what we began doing last week, this series on Christmas, a time of, we talk about Christmas being a time of peace. And a time of peace because 700 years before, before the first Christmas happened, there was a promise that a Prince of Peace was going to come. And why are we saying that Christmas is a time of peace? Because what the world, one of the things that the world really needs right now is peace. And I'm not talking about peace between nation to nation, about war. I'm talking about inner peace. I'm talking about peace with God. I'm talking about peace that we need to live every day. A, a lot of times we are living with so much anxiety. We're living with so much, we're so busy in life that there's really no peace. For a lot of people are not experiencing the peace of God. And so there was a promise that a Prince of Peace was going to come to help us have peace and experience peace in life. Isaiah chapter 9 verse 6, we saw last week that he said, as a, in one of the, his prophecies, he said, for, a, for a, to us a child is born, to us a son is given, and, it, and, and the government will be on his shoulders. And he will be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father. And he said that, you know, there will be a Prince of Peace that is going to come to you guys. Because God knows that we, as human beings, we need peace in our lives. Well, when Jesus was born, at the moment he was born, there also came some angels. And the angels came and shared with the shepherds peace. Okay, so peace was promised to you guys. Now you have peace here. And they said in Luke chapter 2, verse 14, they said, Glory to God in the highest, and on earth, peace and goodwill towards men. So peace was promised to you guys. Peace now is here. And when Jesus was here, His ministry was all about peace. Peace, man having peace with God. Man having inner peace. Man having peace with other people. And he preached about this constantly, and he said before, right before he left us, 
He said in John 14, verse 27, I'm, I'm giving you the gift of peace. So peace was promised. Peace was born. And now before I leave, before the Prince of Peace leaves this earth, now I'm telling you, I'm leaving my peace with you. I'm giving you my gift of peace. The kind of peace that the only I can give you. It is not like the peace the world gives you. It's not like the peace the world offers you. So the question was last week, are we really experiencing peace in our lives? Are we really experiencing the peace that only God can give us? The reason Jesus Christ came to this earth, the Prince of Peace, the peace that was given towards men on this earth, the, 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 the peace that is available, the gift that He gives, that only He can give, is that peace part of your life? Or are you struggling experiencing that peace in your life? So Jesus came to give peace. Peace with God, we said. And, and the, the other thing we said also, peace within. Let peace rule. Let, let the peace of God rule within your heart, the Apostle Paul said to the, uh, to the Colossians. And peace with others, because if we don't have peace with others, that is a reflection that we don't have peace with God. Unless you have peace with God, you will have peace with other people. If you don't have peace with other people, that means there is no peace with God. Because your peace with other people is a reflection of your relationship and your peace with God. So Christmas, we said last week, is a time of peace. Today we want to talk about Christmas being a time of hope. Hope. And I don't know about what you think about this, but... When I think about hope, I think the world really needs hope. The world really needs hope. Hope is a powerful word. The Romans use a word in Latin for hope. And the way the Romans use this word, it means breath. It means breath. Hope means breath. So they use it in a way that you needed to catch your breath when you are running in life with all the worries of life. You are running around, you are so desperate, you are so anxious, and and they use a word that that it was describing hope to say catch your breath. So hope... It's it's a thing that will help you catch your bread with all the worries, in the middle of all the worries, in the middle of all the things that you're going in life, all the troubles, all the adversities that you're going in life. Hope will help you catch your bread when you feel that you can breathe no more. It, It means to give oxygen to someone. Hope is a reality. Hope is something that is real. Hope is what keeps us going, in other words. Hope is what keeps us going. Only God can bring hope and a new life out of death situations. God Himself is the one who provides us with hope that we need in difficult times. The world needs hope. Hope sustains us all through despair. Hope teaches that there is a reason, there is reason to rejoice even when all seems dark around us. And to all who suffer and to all who feel discouraged, worry, or lonely, I say with love and deep concern for you, uh, never to give in, never to surrender, never to allow despair, never to let despair overcome your spirit, for the love of the Son of God pierces all darkness and substance. 
all sorrow and gladness every heart with hope. Hope is Jesus' hope. Hope is in God. When Jesus was born, hope was born into this world. When Jesus was born, hope was born into this world. Let's look at what Luke chapter 1 verse 26 says. It says that in the sixth month of Elizabeth's pregnancy, God sent the angel Gabriel to Nazareth, a village in Galilee, to a virgin named Mary. She was engaged to be married to a man named Joseph, a descendant of King David. Gabriel appeared to her and said, Greetings, favorite woman. The Lord is with you. But I want you to notice Mary's reaction at that moment. At that moment, all of a sudden, Mary sees that these angels appears to her. This angel appears to her, and she doesn't know what to do. She doesn't know what to think. She doesn't know how to react. So in verse 29, it says that she was confused and disturbed. She was confused and disturbed. And, and, and I don't know if you, if you think about this sometimes, but isn't that the way most people in the world react to a lot of things? Confused and disturbed. So Mary was confused and disturbed because she didn't understand what was going on. Mary tried to think what the angel could mean. Don't be afraid, Mary, the angel told her. So in other words, as you're confused and disturbed because you don't understand what's going on, don't be afraid. So when you have hope, you are not going to be afraid of things that are coming in your life or that are happening in your life. But when there's no hope, when you don't understand hope, it's normal to be afraid. And the angel said, Mary, don't be afraid. The angel told her, for you have found favor with God. You will conceive. Now the angel move on, move forward to explain to Mary what was going to happen. You will conceive and give birth to a son and you will name him Jesus. He will be very great and will be called the Son of the Most High. I think it's difficult for us to comprehend how hopeless the world was during the first Christmas. It's hard for us to comprehend that. You know, Israel had about lost their faith. Let's go back in time. So Israel had about lost their faith. The Jewish people were under the iron boot of Rome. They had lost their faith. The leaders of the Jewish people were corrupt. I don't know if that sounds familiar, but uh, maybe not, right? We don't have that problem. But the leaders were corrupt. Their worship was empty. Their their worship was empty, had no meaning. They were just doing religiosity. They were just practicing religious. But they were not having a relationship with God. Their worship was empty. Their leaders were corrupted. And and the people were discouraged. And it seems that though God had promised a Messiah 700 years before, for 400 years before Hope came into the world. For 400 years, there had been no prophet in Israel. Since Malachi had spoken, there had been no prophet in Israel. And it seems like the heavens were silenced. God is not talking to us. He has been silenced for 400 years. The people in Israel, was losing, they were losing hope. 
All the prophecies of Jeremiah and Isaiah were so long ago that their words were almost forgotten. You know that the people of Israel used to speak Hebrew? And by the time the first Christmas came, came to be, they didn't even speak Hebrew anymore? I mean, they were losing everything. They were losing their heritage. They were losing their language. They were losing that relationship that God always wanted to have with them. All the prophecies of Jeremiah and Isaiah were so long ago that their words were almost forgotten. It was a world without hope. And it seems to be very hopeless politically. Hopeless because the world, two-thirds of the world at that time were actually slaves. Talking about hopeless. So this is the kind of world into Jesus, into the one Jesus was born. They needed hope. But you know that the Bible says that in the fullness of the time of God sent forth His Son, when Christ was born, hope was born. In Luke chapter 1, verse 30, the, the, the part of the text we just read before, you, you have the visit of the angel to Mary. And as the, angels come, as the angel comes to Mary to announce to her that she will have a son. Notice in that verse, verse 30. Um, on the, on the, on, on, yeah, on, in your text, in your outline, you have the text. It, he said, the angel said to her, do not be, what? Don't be afraid. Mary, you have found favor with God. Don't be afraid. Things might be, uh, everything might be crazy. People might be running around. Maybe you're going through adversities. Maybe you're going through a, a tough time. But don't be afraid. A great part of Christmas message, the Christmas message, are the words, fear not. Because the world was in fear at that time. People were living in fear. Fear has gripped their hearts, the hearts of people. The angel said, don't be afraid. Hope is here. Don't be afraid. Today we're not living much different days, much different times than in the first Christmas. What are you afraid of? Oh, I'm not afraid of anything. I trust in God. No, don't try to play the super Christian. Because there are things that we're afraid of. The question is, are we honest with ourselves and are we honest with God that there are certain things that makes us afraid? But when you really understand hope, hope pushes that fear out of your life. Hope makes a difference in your life. Why? Why is, it that they, why is it that a lot of times people don't have hope? Why are there so many people living in fear? The reason a lot of people live in fear is because they don't have hope. And without hope, fear will grip your heart and control you. You want to know a person that's without hope? You will see that fear is controlling them. When fear, when fear controls your life, that means there's something that you haven't clicked in there yet and in here yet with the hope of God. Because the hope of God, it assures you that the promises of God are going to be fulfilled in your life in its due time. But why don't they, why is it that a lot of people don't experience hope? What is wrong with the world? 
Well, Job, one of Job's friends, in Job chapter 8, verse 13, one of Job's, Job's friends said, said it like this. Job chapter 8, verse 13. He said it like this, very simple. Those who forget God, what, what does it say there? So why does people have no hope? And therefore, they have fear. And therefore, fear controls you. Because a lot of people have ignored God. Now, let me ask you one thing. In the world, for the most part, isn't that the reality in Christmas time? Isn't it everybody focus so much on oh, what, what are we going to eat? What are the gifts we're going to give? Uh, what are we going to celebrate? What are we going to do? Where is the party going to be at? And we're like, we're, we're moving. We're busy. We're moving everywhere. We're trying to, you know, we're so anxious. But we forget about God. That's, that's why last week I said, I mean, we buy gifts for everybody. Except for the birthday boy. And Jesus, all He wants is your heart, your mind, your soul, your strength. Isn't that what He said? Love the Lord your God with all of you. That's the gift He wants. That's the only gift you can actually give Him because He owns it all. Those who forget God have no hope. Because a lot of people have made the choice in this world to ignore God. If you make the choice to ignore God, you have no hope. I'm sorry to tell you the truth. And if you have no hope, go back. It's because maybe you have been ignoring God. And Christmas is a time of hope. Christmas is an opportunity God has given us to remember Him. To remember that there was a reason He came. To remember that there was a reason He came to give us second chances. That is what Christmas is all about. No God, no hope equals fear in life. We see this in society, in our society, in the times that we're living all the time. We see it around us. The farther away we get from God, the less hope we have. The farther away we get from God, the less hope we have. And it is also true the other way. The closer you get to God, the more hope you are going to have, so the less fear. As you have more hope in your heart, you fear starts going away from your life. That is why the most hopeful people are the ones closest to God. And the most hopeless people are those that are far away from God. A lot of people forget God. And they put their hope in other things, careers, politics. And as a matter of fact, let me tell you something. A lot of people put their, their hope in politics or politicians. And your hope cannot be in the man we put in the White House. Your hope has to be in the man we put in the cross. That's where our hope got to be. And the man we put in the cross, he's not going to fail us. And when I say we put Him in the cross, it's because our sins put Jesus on the cross. Yes, that little baby that was being born, the peace of, the Prince of Peace, the one who brought hope to the world, He was born to die for, for us. So our hope has to be 
on the man in the cross, not on the man in the White House. It doesn't matter who they are. Sometimes we don't even want to know who they are anymore. When we forget God, there's no hope. That's what Job 8.13 says. And that's why many people are confused. That's why many people are disturbed. That's why many people are in fear. But Jesus was born and the angel said to Mary, do not be afraid. There is hope. Don't be afraid. Because with the birth of Jesus, we can have hope. And when we have hope, hope overcomes fear and life worries. But, but to, 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 before we move into the real part of the sermon, what is, what is hope? What, what, what's hope? In today's culture, the, the word hope is often used to represent wishful thinking. It's like when somebody's driving late to work, right? They, they stop at a, at a red light and they're already late. Oh, I hope this changes to, to green soon. That, no, that's wishful thinking. That's not hope. Or when somebody buys the lottery ticket, right? I hope I can get the lottery ticket. I hope I can, I can win. That's wishful thinking. And let me tell you, it, it's, uh, it's easy for you to... For you to go to the moon before you hit the lottery. It'll be, it'll be, uh, you have more of a chance to go to the moon than to win the lottery. So hope is not wishful thinking. In the Old Testament, the verb translated hope is the way quagua. While the noun is the same, the root is tigua. Now, what does this mean? This is exactly what it means, hope in the Old Testament. It means to trust and wait expectantly. It's not that, oh, I'm hoping and you're wishing something will happen. You know, your desires. No, hope is when you wait for something expecting that to happen. And the only thing that hope is, hope is waiting for something that is certain, that is for sure. You're just waiting for when God is going to make that happen because He has promised those things. So that is what hope is. I like the way Jeremiah said it in Jeremiah chapter 14 verse 22. And it reads this way, therefore our hope is in you, talking to God. For you are the one who does all this. In other words, Jeremiah is saying, my, my, my hope is for church. My, my, my hope is for sure. My hope is for what I expect to, to happen because you have promised that is going to happen. It's not wishful thinking. It's, Lord, I know this is going to happen because you promised that this is going to happen. You said this was the way that it was going to be. And so I'm just hoping, I'm hoping, in other words, I'm waiting. I'm expecting for that to happen whenever it's your time, whenever you decide for this to happen. And that's when Jesus was born. Hope was born. The prophet is not fearful. He's not wondering when he says these things. And in the New Testament, he uses another verse, El Piso. El, el Peace. Not rely, it's, it, to rely its mass is the difference, though, is that the New Testament hope is no longer a mere part of speech like in the Old Testament. But hope is invested in and focused on someone that is the person of Jesus. That is what hope is. So let me give you seven reasons 
why the birth of Jesus is a time of hope. Seven reasons. You have it in your outline. If you want to fill in the blanks, you'll see it in the screen. Seven reasons why we should rejoice and experience hope in our life. The first reason. Why the birth of Jesus is a time of hope? It's a time of hope because He came to save us from our sins. There was no salvation from our sins until Jesus came. There was no salvation from our sins. Can you imagine if you have to carry the load of all the wrong things that you have done? If you have to carry the emotional and the spiritual weight yourself and all the guilt I don't know about you but I cannot imagine myself carrying all the guilt and the load of the load of sin over my shoulders in my heart for the rest of my life so hope was born and he was born because he came to save us from that He came to save us not just from our sins, but also from the emotional oppression that humanity experienced. You know that we're not, it's not just sin, but it's also the emotional. The result of sin makes an emotional oppression in people's hearts, in people's minds, in people's lives. That's why the, the, the angel told uh, Joseph and Mary in, in Matthew chapter 1 verse 21 that she will give birth to a son and you are to give him the name Jesus. Why? Because Jesus had a meaning. Jesus, he will save his people from their sins. They needed, they needed that hope. They needed to get that load out of them. And the only way they were going to get that load off is when somebody else came and carried that sin. But can you imagine carrying all that stuff for the rest of your life? And not just the sin. Look in Luke. Luke chapter 4 verse 18. The Spirit, the Spirit of the Lord Jesus said, It's on me. Because He has anointed me to proclaim the good news to the poor. He has sent me to proclaim freedom to the prisoners and, and recovery of sight to the blind and to set the oppressed free. What was Jesus talking about? Was Jesus talking about people, literal people doing, going through this stuff? No, look at this. He was here to proclaim the good news to the poor. Remember what the Beatitudes, one of the Beatitudes? Blessed are the what? Blessed are the poor in spirit. And a lot of times we think that Jesus was talking about the people that are poor, financially poor. He was not talking about the people financially poor. He was talking about that He came to proclaim the good news to those who are poor in spirit. What does it mean to be poor in spirit? To be poor in spirit, it means that you know you cannot depend on yourself. You are so poor in spirit that you need Jesus. You need God to, to do what? To have a relationship, to create a bridge between you and God. You need Jesus. Jesus is the only hope. So He came to proclaim the news to the poor in spirit. He has sent me to proclaim freedom to the prisoners. You, 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 did you see Jesus going to a jail and, and free people from the prison? Did you see? Did, did you, have you ever seen him do that in the Gospels? No, he came to free the ones that have prisons, emotional prisons, spiritual prisons. 
Is there a lot of people like that in the world nowadays? Jesus came to give. That's the hope Jesus came to give. Freedom to those people who are oppressed in their emotional, in their emotions, in their, in their spiritual life. He sent to proclaim, proclaim freedom to the prisoners and recover the sight of the blind. Who are these blind? People who can see more than, you know, than, the, than the, whatever is in front of them. Not even that. They cannot distinguish, the Bible says, between right and wrong. The hope is that Jesus came to give sight to those people. The reason you see the wonders of God is because Jesus gave you sight so you can see. And to set the oppressed free. Oppressed of what? Oppressed of, you know, all these negative emotions in your life. Oppressed from what the devil has done to destroy your trust in God, to make you afraid. And then when, you, when you're afraid, you lose hope. And on the other hand, when you have hope, fear goes away. So he came to free us from our sins and our emotional oppressions. Number two. Christmas is a time of hope. A time of hope because He came to show us the way that we should take in life. So many times we are lost in life. Have you, seen the, have you heard the expression people say, You know what, I'm, I'm just trying to find my way in life. I can show you the way. He said, I am the way, the truth, and no one comes to the Father has said through me. I am the way. But a lot of times people are in, in life, they're like, you know, I just, I just feel lost. And I understand that. And we have to have empathy. And we have to be understanding to people that says, you know what, I just can't find my way in life. I feel lost. Because at some point in life, even, even as Christians, we have felt that way sometimes. When we're going through problems and adversities, we, sometimes we feel like we lost our way. And Jesus came to show us the way. He is the way, the truth, and the life. He showed the way to the wise men, remember? There was a star in the sky, and they just follow it. He showed the way to the wise men, so that they can find Him. Just the way He has shown you the way. You know, so many times God shows us the way. A lot of times when we're going through trouble, and we're like, Lord, we just want to see which way do I go? What do I do? What decision do I make? And a lot of times we, we make ourselves, we complicate our, our, ourselves more than what we should sometimes. Don't you think so? A lot of times we make a little problem like this, we make it huge. And the only reason we do that is because we want to see that the way that God opens is our way, not His way. But a lot of times God shows you the way. As a matter of fact, in 1 Corinthians chapter 10, verse 13, He says that He will show you the way out of trouble. He will show you the way out of all those things that, are, that you're struggling with. But in Psalm 32, verse 8, and you can look at it with me in the screen, he also told the psalmist, I will instruct you, and I will teach you in the way you should go. I will counsel you with my loving eye on you. In other words, the way that Jesus came to give us hope, 
That He will show us the way we should take. That He will show us the way we should go. And when we're having trouble in life, all we got to do is hope that He will show us the way. We got to expect that for sure God will show you the way. Now, when God shows you the way and God says, this is the exit I'm giving you, or this is the way I'm telling you to go, then you better go. Because if you don't go that way, that's how we get in trouble so many times. Because we don't want to go the way He's showing us. A lot of times we want to go the way we want. But hope is that He will show us the way He wants us to go. And the way He wants us to go, it will be a way of blessings. That is hope. Number three, hope is a time... Christmas is a time of hope because He came. He came so you can be sure that He understands your struggles. How many times we run the risk of saying, God doesn't understand me. God doesn't understand what I'm going through. Well, he came to know that you know that he understands. Uh, look at what it says in Hebrews chapter 4. So any struggle, any problems, any situation, a- any stress, anything that you're going through, whether it's emotional or physical, Jesus knows it. Not just because he knows it, he experiences the same thing that you do. Yeah, we have a high priest As a matter of fact, look at what verse 14 in chapter 4 in Hebrews says. So then, since we have a a great high priest who has entered heaven, Jesus the Son of God, let us hold firmly (coughs) to what we believe. Verse 15, this high priest of ours understands what? He understands our weakness. Yeah, when you are weak... When you struggle with something, he says, he understands us. You know what? That is hope. What are your weakness? I know what mine are. And when I'm struggling and when I'm like, Lord, I I need help with this. I I can be for sure. I can for sure know. He understands what I go through. He understands when I'm depressed. And a lot of people go like, Christians get depressed? Oh, believe me, you, we do. Oh, that's not of a Christian. Oh, go, go look at some of the prophets in the Old Testament, how depressed they got. I get depressed. But when I'm depressed, when I'm sad, I know Jesus understands me better than anybody. He came to understand our weakness. For he faced, check this out, for he faced all of the same testings that we do. So everything that you experience, guess what? Jesus experienced. The only difference between Jesus and us is that he did not sin, we do. A lot of times we make the choice of sinning. But he didn't. But he knows exactly, and that gives me hope, because I know that I have a high priest in heaven that understands what I'm going through. Understands what my wrestling, what I'm struggling with. 
Hebrews chapter 2 verse 17 says, For this reasons we, for this reason we had to be made like them. For this reason He had to be made like them. Fully human in every way in order that He may become a merciful and faithful high priest. He was made like you and me so He can become a merciful high priest. A merciful high priest in the service to God and that He might make atonement for the sins of the people because He Himself suffer when he was tempted he is able to help those who are being tempted so not just when you are wrestling and struggling with your emotions not just when you are wrestling and struggling spiritual but also when you are tempted he understands where you're going through man that if that is not hope i don't know what hope is if that is not hope when i said lord thank you for understanding it doesn't mean we're free to go do that it means because he understands, I know he will forgive me when I fail because he didn't fail for me. I fail. He doesn't. That is hope. Number four. Christmas is a time of hope because hope, because he came to forgive you. He understands, so he came to forgive us. We fail so much. I don't know you, but I believe we fail every single day. Every single day we fail. In some way, somehow we fail. If we had no hope in Christ, if we had no hope in His forgiveness, we would be lost. Completely lost. His forgiveness is unexplainable. His love that never changed will always bring forgiveness to repented hearts. Now that is hope. Jesus was at the cross looking down on rebellious people like you and me. And he said, Father, forgive them for they do not know what they do. A lot of times we fail God in our ignorance. We ignore God. So those who ignore God lose hope. It reminds me of of the story of the woman that was brought before Jesus. All the teachers of the law, the, 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 the teachers of the law and the Pharisees brought her, uh, you know, because she was caught in adultery. And they were all wanted to judge her. And they wanted to destroy her. And Jesus said, wait, wait a minute. Who of you guys have not sinned? Which of you guys have not done worse than this? You, you guys just didn't get caught. So she had hope. And from that moment on, she was a faithful follower of Jesus. Because Jesus gave her hope when she said, Woman, where are your accusers? And she looked around and she said, They're nowhere. They had stones before that, remember? They were ready to kill her. And they dropped the stones and they left. They left afraid because he's like, Hey, what, what does Jesus know about me? And then when they left, she said, they're, they're not around. He says, well, go and sing no more. Jesus gave her hope. That's what Jesus came. That's what Christmas is all about. Number five. Christmas is a time of hope because he came for love. He came for love. It's love in him. He's love. 
He is the essence of love. That's why in 1 Corinthians 13, 13 says, And now these three remain. What are the things that remain in life? Three, three things remain in life. Faith, hope, and what else? And love. Faith, hope, and love. Those three things got to be in your heart. Got to be in your life. But the greatest of this is love. I mean, He loves us so much. And when somebody loves you, you know, you know that person will do what it takes to help you and to take you through anything in life. And they might fail you sometimes, but Jesus' love is perfect. To the point that in Romans chapter 5 verse 7 and 8 says that very rarely will anyone die for a righteous person. Though for a good person, someone may possibly dare to die, but God demonstrates His own love for us in this. While we were still sinners, Christ died for us. Even though we were offending God, even though we failed God one after another after another time, He still sent His Son to die. That is hope. That is hope that I know for sure I will receive the forgiveness of God. Something that I'm expecting for sure is hope. It's not wishful thinking. Number six. Christmas is a time of hope. A time of hope because He promises that all things will work for good for those who love God. Do you believe that? Do you believe everything will work for the best of those who love God? If you don't believe that, you're cooked. You're done. Because everything in life, you'll start seeing it like, Oh man, I have another problem. And now some, something else happens tomorrow, and another problem. And why me? And you become a pessimist. You become a pessimist. More than a person that hopes... Knowing, you know what, it doesn't matter what happens. Having hope, it doesn't mean you deny the truth. A lot of people said, you know, a lot of people have the tendency to, uh, you know, deny what reality is. That's not, that's not what it means to have hope. It's not denying reality. Having hope is that despite of everything that's going on, despite of how bad life can be sometimes, despite of all the adversities and all the troubles you might be going through in life, despite of all of that stuff, you know, God, somehow, you trust in God, you wait in God, that somehow all these things are going to eventually work for the good of those who love God. That is, if you love God. You've got to make sure you do your part. Do you love God? Then you've got to act. That's what Jesus says. If you love me, don't you say you love me? Because a lot of times people say, I love God, but they don't do what God says. If you love me, Jesus said, you will keep my commands. So if you love God, everything that happens in your life, you might not understand it right now. You might not understand it right now. It's like apostle. Remember the apostle illustration? What do you need to put together apostle? You need the top of the box, right? But you don't have the top of your box. God does. 
He knows what the next piece is in your life. Even though you don't, you got to trust, you got to have hope that He knows what the next piece in your life is going to be. You know what, what makes us go crazy sometimes? Is that we like to have control of things. Oh, no, no, but I want to make sure. No, sometimes you just got to let God be God and you be you. What does it mean, you be you? Trust in God. Have hope in God. Have hope in the promises God has made in your life. And trust in God that He will fulfill those promises in His time, not your time. Your, God is not going according to your clock. He's going according to His own clock. But He will fulfill the promises at some point he will. How, how many years did Abraham wait? Let's see, those Bible scholars. Uh, he was given the promise when he was 75. Ten years later, his wife couldn't wait no more, right? And she made a big mistake for not waiting for God's promise. But Abraham and, and she was, they were both supposed to hope. Hope is waiting for God to fulfill His promise. But instead of waiting and hoping and keep, on, keep their hope alive, they failed. And that's why they have, uh, they, they had another, she, he had another son with another woman. And that, for sure, is trouble. Then when he was 99, finally, the promise was there. It's because it's God's time. Because of His love. Number seven. Christmas is a time of hope because He will finish the work He began in you. Have you ever gotten discouraged as a Christian when you're like, you know what? I thought I had, I thought, I thought I was stronger than this as a Christian. I thought I was a better Christian than this. But it seems like I still have a long way to go. I still have a lot of growing to do. And a lot of times we might get discouraged because when the testing comes, a lot of times we fail. And when we fail, we get discouraged. But one thing you can hope for, one thing you can put your hope in, that you can, have, that you can be confident that it will happen, is what Philippians chapter 1 verse 6 says. It says that being confident of this. See, hope is being confident. That what God promises will happen. Again, it's not wishful thinking. Forget wishful thinking. It's hope. It's being confident that something will happen because God has already promised that it's going to happen. When? We don't know. Only He knows. But He says right here, Philippians 1.6, Being confident of this. What is the Apostle Paul trying to help you be confident of? That He who began the good work in you, the God who came to the earth to give you hope and to save you from all these troubles that you go in life, that He who began that work in you will carry it on to completion until the day of Christ Jesus. So when you fail, believe me, God is not done with you. You know a beautiful thing about our God? Look through all the Bible. So many stories in the Bible of God giving people second chances. And it doesn't mean He gives you a chance today and a chance tomorrow and you, your second chance is up. 
No, when I say second chances, I mean chances. More than one. More than two. Every day is a second chance. Every day it's another opportunity for us to get better. Every day is another opportunity, another chance God is giving you for you to do things better, to do things right, to be, for you to grow in God, for you to be a stronger Christian, for you to be able to please God with your actions, with your thoughts, with, with serving God. He gives you a chance after chance. Christmas. It's a time of hope. We can hope for all these things. We can expect them and know that they will happen at some point. The object of hope for the Christian is Jesus Himself. I'm gonna I'm gonna finish with what Peter says in Peter chapter one verse three. Peter chapter one verse three. The Apostle Peter said, All honor to God, the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. For it is His boundless mercy that has given us the privilege of being born again. So God has given us the privilege of a second chance. Being born again means He gives you the opportunity, the chance to start all over again. Have you messed up in life? He's giving you another chance today. Have you messed up in your family? He's giving you another chance if you still have your family. Have you, have you done anything to offend God and He's giving you another chance? He's giving you the privilege of being born again. And if you don't have a relationship with God, He's giving you a chance to have a relationship with Him. Being born again doesn't mean you go into your mother's womb and got to be born again. It means that you take that new opportunity to start life all over again, but not anymore by yourself, but now with God. That is hope. You're not by yourself. You're not on your own anymore. But now you are starting again with God. So that we are now members of God's own family. You're not an orphan anymore. You belong to God's own family. You belong to this family. Now we leave. This is, I love this part of this, of this text. Now we live in the hope of eternal life. Now that you are born again, now that you have a relationship with God, you live in hope of eternal life. In other words, you will receive eternal life at one point in your life. And meanwhile, you got to keep on hoping. When am I going to get it, Lord? When am I going to get the price that you have promised? I know I'm going to get it. That is hope. I know for certain that that is going to happen. The hope of eternal life. Why? Because Jesus Christ rose again from the dead. He was born hope in the world. He died. So we got to put our hope in the men of the cross. And He gave us hope because He rose again from the tomb. To trust and to weigh expectantly. That is hope. It is my prayer that during Christmas, this year, it is my prayer that you and I can really experience the hope 
that Christmas is, the hope that Christ brings to life, the hope that He brings to every situation, no matter what situation you are going through, no matter how hopeless it is, it doesn't matter how much fear you have, if you put your hope in Christ, Christ's hope will push that fear away and gives us peace and hope for our lives. Our Father in heaven, we thank you so much for your word, Lord. Thank you, Lord, for it is your peace and your hope that we can experience in life. And if you have never given your life to Christ with your eyes closed, just bow your head. And if you struggle with fear, if you struggle because you maybe have ignored God, or maybe you have forgotten about God, and there's really no hope. And when you, don't, when you forget God, you lose hope and hope. When you don't have hope, you have fear. But here is an opportunity today that God is giving you and calling you to receive hope in your life. If you have never given your life to Christ, this is the moment where you can tell Jesus, I need to leave and experience my first Christmas. And I don't mean my first celebration, but my first real Christmas. Because Christmas is you in our hearts. Lord, I'm asking you to put your hope in my life. You can say that. You can tell Jesus, put your hope in my life. And push away all the fears that I struggle with. For it is in you. Oh, my Lord, that we can only have hope. For it is in you, oh, my Lord, that we can only experience real peace. That even if the world around us is falling apart, we can still experience our, your peace in our hearts. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.